Hi there, it's producer Rob here. Now, maybe you're a new listener, maybe you've been listening for ages. Well, either way, if you're finding this podcast useful, then you might also like to subscribe to Which Money. You'll get our monthly magazine packed with tips on how to make the most of your cash, from growing your savings and investments to avoiding rip-offs and scams. You'll also be able to call our experts on the Which Money helpline as often as you like to get answers to your money queries. Just visit which.co.uk forward slash join money. That's which.co.uk forward slash join money and sign up today. Welcome to the Witch Money Podcast, your weekly hit of money news and personal finance hacks to help make you better off. I'm your host, Lucia Ariano, and here's what's coming up this week. So in theory, the consumer duty would mean the regulator doesn't have to play whack-a-mole with financial firms. Instead, the moles, the firms, would know how to keep their heads down in the first place. That's not to say that there's not going to be issues. This is definitely not going to be a fix-all. There's always going to probably be bad players in the market who are going to play it hard and loose with the rules or maybe trying to kind of bend the rules to their limits. This week, we're going to be diving into the shiny new regulation announced by the Financial Conduct Authority. It's been talked about as big news, as something that will shake up the industry and at its core, it should bring better value to consumers. So how is it going to do this and where could your finances see a difference? Well, we'll be unpacking it all today. And for this, I've got with me our podcast regular, the deputy editor of Which Money, Sam Richardson, and a very welcome first appearance for our senior external affairs officer, Ed Dunn. Hello, both. Hi, Lucia. Hi, Lucia. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show. Well, first off then, Sam. So we're talking today about the FCA's new regulation called the Consumer Duty. So in a nutshell, what is it all about? The Consumer Duty is the rule to end all rules. What it represents is actually a move away from specific rules by the FCA within which firms can treat you how they wish towards an overall expectation of a consumer-friendly practices. So in theory, the consumer duty would mean the regulator doesn't have to play whack-a-mole with financial firms. Instead, the moles, the firms, would know how to keep their heads down in the first place. Specifically, firms must integrate free elements into their business practices and product design. So companies must act in good faith towards customers, avoid foreseeable harm to customers, and enable customers, as in us, to pursue our financial objectives. So I've got a few examples kind of of how that would work in practice because I appreciate this is all a bit vague. So foreseeable harm, for instance, could involve customers paying more in investment fees for an investment than they're likely to make in returns. The company would know this in advance. And so under these new rules, they can't be promoting these products that are likely to cost more than they bring in. As in terms of financial objectives, this could be when you get turned down for a credit card. In future, the company might be obliged to tell you, actually, here is how you improve your credit score, become attractive to other lenders so this doesn't happen again. It's this broad approach of helping customers as opposed to you can't do all of these things. That's the big change. Well, the rule to end all rules. You know, I like that. That sounds good, doesn't it? And in theory, then, this all does sound quite promising. And before we go deeper into some examples of how it might trickle down and benefit our finances, Ed, can you talk a little bit about why now? Is there something in particular that's driven the FCA to make these new regulations now? You know, has the current cost of living crisis got anything to do with it? 
So it's uh, not really related to the cost of living crisis. Uh, It's actually been a bit of an argument that's been rumbling on since, I think, 2018. And the general idea here is that I think some firms felt regulation was a little bit too strict and hard to follow. And also there was just examples where maybe it didn't seem like firms were maybe regulating themselves, but not acting maybe in the best interest of consumers. So it was broadly discussed and broadly debated over a number of years, which then resulted in the Financial Service Act of 2021. And that created an obligation for the FCA to consult further on maybe what an actual duty of care could look like for financial services and for their customers. Since then, the FCA has been developing the new regulatory system alongside industry and other consumer groups uh, like which. Though I should say that this will definitely impact things that have arisen from the cost of living crisis, as it will definitely make it easier for the FCA to tackle firms that are causing issues. For instance, the FCA is using the duty to improve the way firms provide customer support, as whatever the issue is, if you're struggling to make your mortgage repayments, or if you're struggling to make car insurance premium payments, the first thing a consumer should always do is contact their firm. And if this isn't easy and clear, then it's going to make the problem much worse. And so by making the customer support system much clearer, the cost of living crisis will hopefully be alleviated in terms of the stress that it causes consumers. Well, so far, so good. But the big question is, will it work? And can it really end rip-offs, remove confusing language and improve customer service? Well, let's go a bit deeper into some examples. What's really in it for us? Well, to start with, our listeners will know we've been keeping a very close eye on the base rate increasing and what that means for borrowing and savings rates. And something that is very frustrating to see is that while the base rate has been rising, so too have mortgage rates, but the same can't be said for all savings accounts, particularly easy access ones, which in some cases are still pitifully low in comparison. Sam, is this going to change? It could. So under the consumer duty, banks with low paying accounts will have to justify to the FCA by the end of August how those rates offer fair value to customers. Is it really fair to pay a rate of 1.5% when inflation is almost 8% and the best easy access counts topping 4%. And the FCA says it will take robust action against banks that fail to justify those low rates. And in fact, all banks will need to improve their communication with customers about their options, including higher paying accounts that same bank might offer, but that particular customer might not be on. That comes under the kind of financial education side of the duty. Longer term, we're going to see a review of how banks change their rates following changes in the base rate, as in, is there a massive delay before you get that higher rate? And twice a year kind of analyses of which rates offered by whom on easy access accounts. However, I do need to kind of manage expectations here. It is still important to shop around. A dreadful rate isn't necessarily going to become market leading just because of these new rules realistically, what we might see is banks with particularly awful rates have to bring those rates a little bit closer to average because they're deemed to be so appalling. They're not suddenly going to become the best option out there. So I really would encourage people, don't just keep the same savings account you've had for years. Do keep on looking for new ones. At the moment, rates have gone up so much. The difference is worth your time. And Sam, do you think there's a chance that the consumer duty will make banks more competitive, though, you know, especially if they're being called out for not living up to it? I think this is a much broader, difficult question. Maybe Ed can also approach it. 
I think it will make banks deal with customers in a more kind of reasonable way because there'll be all those rules on communication and not causing harm, etc. But ultimately, what affects, say, the rate you get given or the quality of the products you're being offered is whether a bank thinks it can make money, whether it can afford it, what its bottom line looks like. So I think there's always going to be smaller, kind of more competitive players out there, the kind of challenger banks, as we call them which will always be worth your time. I don't necessarily think your kind of big high street bank that hasn't wanted your custom that much until now will suddenly be that eager for it. Sam uh, made some very good points, and I think it's not 100% clear what the actual implications of the consumer duty are going to be just yet. I think there's a potential opportunity there that it could better encourage more competition between banks and encourage them to actually start thinking about those outcomes for consumers. But at the same time, those bigger banks that have been around for a while that already, I think uh, they don't necessarily need to kind of like compete in the same way that some of those smaller ones do. So I think it's probably going to need something else that kind of encourages competition for them. But hopefully we'll maybe see kind of like smaller players able to better perform in the market when they have like kind of like clearer understanding of what the duty is and how they should maybe be competing and talking to customers. One to watch um, then definitely, and we'll certainly be keeping a very close eye on it. Shall we move on then to another example and scams? You know, we talk about them a lot on the show and we know it can be all too easy for it to happen to anyone if your target is at the right moment, you know, at the right time. Now, as part of the consumer duty, the FCA says it's taking action against scams. What does it mean by that? So the problem with rules and scammers is that rules are only followed by legitimate firms. Fraudsters are not going to notice the consumer duty. They don't care. What it does change is firms having to take more responsibility for protecting their customers from scams under those foreseeable harms rules. So they'll need to design financial products and their services to make it less likely that customers will fall victim to scams. So I can think of one example straight away with this that we've written about quite a lot in the past. This is firms using methods of communication that are very easily imitated by fraudsters. For example, emails with links to websites in. This is a real classic tactic of fraudsters. You think you're going to your bank's website and it's taking you on to a copycat website, say, which is there to kind of harvest your details and then use them kind of against you in scams. We're also a little bit concerned about using text to send sensitive information. So hopefully these consumer duty rules will mean that firms really have to think about, okay, is this approach easily imitated? Could it be used in a scam? If so, we need to rethink. That would be a really positive outcome. Absolutely. It, it almost seems a kind of no brainer for that example where you mentioned, you know, text being used, emails with links. Well, again, we'll have to watch that space. But another area we'd really like to see change is buy now, pay later. It's the UK's fastest growing form of debt, but currently it's unregulated. And this means if something goes wrong, you're not covered by Section 75, nor can you escalate a complaint to the Financial Ombudsman Service like you can with other regulated credit products. Now, it was meant to come under FCA regulation this year, but now there's talk it might be delayed. Ed, what can you tell us about this? Well, it's a, definitely a tricky conversation here and something that we're quite worried about. But I should definitely first address, I think, a few weeks ago, we heard a rumour come out of the Treasury. And I should say it's not been confirmed. It hasn't been substantiated to the best of my knowledge. So it's still very much kind of potentially this was just one source that we don't have to listen to. But obviously, it has definitely struck alarm bells because we heard that 
buy now, pay later regulation is being considered to be delayed indefinitely, or at least until the Treasury reviews the Consumer Credit Act, as it currently is ongoing, a bit of a consultation process about what the Consumer Credit Act should actually maybe look like as it was designed originally in the 80s. In our mind, if a buy now, pay later is delayed because of this review, it would be a very awful outcome for consumers, as it would mean, like you said, buy now, pay later would remain unregulated and consumers would lack those protections you just described. And it's unlikely that buy now, pay later would then come under the consumer duties regulation. So as a result of this, which wrote to the Chancellor alongside other consumer groups, asking him to clarify what's happening with buy now, pay later regulation and asking if there is actually going to be a delay and what we should expect, very much urging him that there should not be a delay. As you said, it's still very much a growing market. Consumers aren't necessarily don't have the same protections when they're accessing this form of credit. And it very much is going to cause issues, especially as the cost of living crisis deepens. We haven't had an answer yet, but we're continuing to push the Treasury on this point in regular kind of like conversations we have with them. And hopefully we'll be able to get a bit of clarity soon. Now, how the duty is actually going to affect buy now, pay later is not clear. It's currently an unregulated industry. And so the SCA is not able to really act directly on these firms in the same way that they could act on a bank or an insurance company. But this won't stop maybe some of the more consumer-friendly providers out there who already have quite good ways that they explain to consumers what the debt is or how much money they owe or where their repayments are or what late fees might look like and things like that. They probably will continue acting quite well, look at the new consumer duty and look at what their offering is and make sure that they're acting almost as if they're under the new consumer duties regulation. But there is obviously still going to be those firms that are not as interested. Maybe it's a capacity issue or maybe it's a cultural issue, but they're not going to look to make the changes unless they have to. So hopefully we might see some positive changes from those bigger players who have a bill consumer-friendly outcome. But until buy now, pay later is properly regulated and kind of like brought into the Consumer Credit Act, there's going to be a limit, I think, of what the FCA can actually do. Now, after a quick break, we'll hear more about what the industry thinks about the consumer duty and whether they do indeed go far enough. Last minute escapes. In the sun? What is the best airline? Or the worst airline? What happens if my flight is delayed? Or cancelled? Would I be put on a new flight? Or would I be refunded? What if it takes me days to get home? Hmm, benefits of a UK staycation. When life gives you questions, get answers at which.co.uk. So can we talk then about what exactly would happen if banks and other financial companies aren't pulling their weight and living up to the consumer duty regulations? Will the FCA be clamping down on companies in some way? So the short answer is yes, yes, they will. I think there's probably going to be an initial period where they let firms maybe actually kind of consider what the new rules are, what the new regulations are, and make sure that their and their products are kind of meeting up to what the expectations of the duty are. But after this kind of like small grace period probably has happened, the FCA will then seek to start making some kind of like more examples and really demonstrate their power on this point to make sure that firms are acting within the spirit of what the duty is trying to do. I don't think from my knowledge that there's any kind of like specific fines or consequences that the duty has given them outside of what the FCA currently can do. And I think things they currently can do is withdraw firms like authorization to actually 
offer their product in the UK, essentially kind of like putting them out of business or issuing hefty fines over the different practice they have kind of like seen that they're unhappy with, or maybe kind of like issuing fines because they feel a firm is breaking competition law. So I imagine there'll be an initial period where the FCA let firms find their feet. And then after a while, they're probably going to start cracking down on specific areas where they think consumer harm is happening to really push forward this cultural shift that they want. But I guess time will tell on this point of what the FCA is actually going to do. And Sam, what about for us as consumers? If we feel dissatisfied with a financial product or service going forward, what can we do? Will the consumer duty regulations change the way we complain at all? So you can complain if you think a firm isn't following the consumer duty, but the way you complain won't change. You'll still need to complain directly to the firm. I usually recommend doing that in writing and then give it eight weeks to respond. If it doesn't respond in that time or you're not happy with the response, you can go to the financial ombudsman service. We talk all the time about the ombudsman. It's a fantastic free alternative to the courts. However, waits can be very long, a couple of months for some more complicated cases. The financial ombudsman does expect a short-term increase in number of complaints following the introduction of consumer duty before a gradual reduction, this kind of general aim that the duty will reduce rule breaking by you know, instituting good practice when products are developed. And what kind of time frame are we looking at here for all of this to come into play? Because, you know, These consumer duty rules came in from the 31st of July, but as you might expect, it isn't quite that straightforward for companies who'll need to comply, is it? So new and existing products and services, those that are currently open to sale or renewal, must adhere to these rules from the 31st of July. However, for products that are closed, as in no longer available to buy or renew, such as old savings accounts that have been long since discontinued, Providers get an extra year till 31st July next year. I will say with the consumer duty, and I think we're going to talk about this perhaps more, that firms have had a very long time to prepare for this. It's been on the horizon for a long, long time. Those deadlines are in place. They really will be expected to comply with, even if there's some kind of grace and understanding that it's a big change and they need to adapt. So the big question then, is the consumer duty going far enough? I think we've all become used to assuming financial firms are out to get us, whether that's dreadful rates, confusing T's and C's, dodgy mis-selling. But could these new and very broad rules give us the reassurance to trust firms again? So, yes, hopefully is what we're all thinking. This is a massive change in regulation and how the FCA actually currently undergoes regulating financial service markets. And so we're quite hopeful that it will go some way to help reestablish some of the trust for financial service markets that consumers have. This is mostly because there's going to be lots of change in the way that firms have to act. They will need to explain their products more clearly to consumers, making sure people really understand what they're actually buying. So in terms of an insurance product, they need to understand very clearly when they're covered, when they're not covered, any exclusions, any secret charges. That needs to be very transparent and clear for consumers. And the same will need to go for investment products, bank accounts, saving accounts, the whole lot. It will need to make sure that they work on that communication piece so that consumers really understand what they're buying. In theory, this should hopefully help a lot with trust as consumers will really know what they're actually getting themselves into when they're making purchases or when they're choosing to save or invest their money. And so they'll have less reason to ever call up a firm and complain or ask any questions, meaning that they more likely can just step back after they've actually done the deal and move away feeling quite secure that a firm is doing what they've said they're going to do. 
Consumers also on the flip side are going to find it much easier to complain and seek help when they have issues. Like I've already said, firms are going to have to really think about the avenues in which consumers come to them. If that's via telephone, chat box, email, whatever it is, to make sure that's clear and accessible so that when the problem arises, they can very quickly get hold of their provider and get those answers, which would hopefully make us all feel much more secure when we have any kind of issues and feel like the firm is taking us seriously when we kind of like basically need them to kind of help us. And the FCA are going to be able to be much more strict and stringent when they're finding bad players. I think up until now, there's been maybe a feeling that sometimes somebody is following the rules of the regulation, but maybe finding loopholes or ways around certain things, which is a bit tricky because it puts the FCA in a bit of a tricky situation where they can't necessarily act. Whereas now, because everything's meant to be more outcome focused and firms need to prove that they're doing the best thing for their customers, the FCA is going to find it much easier to point to bad players and ask them to change what they're doing or take them out of the market, which will hopefully mean that there's less dodgy players around doing anything kind of like too bad. But that's not to say that there's not going to be issues. This is definitely not going to be a fix-all. There's always going to probably be bad players in the market who are going to play it hard and loose with the rules or maybe trying to kind of bend the rules to their limits. So I wouldn't want to kind of like turn around and say that this is going to fix everything. But hopefully with the better understanding of what the products actually are, the easier ways to actually complain when you have an issue and the FCA being able to act much more swiftly, it will go a long way to make everybody feel much more secure in the UK's financial markets, or at least that's our hope. And Ed, generally speaking, what do you think? Will this all work? Because I, I know you've been studying these rules for a very long time. Are they strict enough that consumers will notice a real difference or do they still need to go further? Well, that's the million dollar question, Lucia. And it's something that we're all asking ourselves right now. Like I've already said, the duty really represents a brand new way of regulating financial markets that, to my knowledge, has not been done before. And the FCA themselves have very much said that it's going to require a full cultural shift for financial firms to make sure that they get this right. At the moment, everybody sees regulation as just a tick boxing exercise, something that as long as you've done X, Y, Z, you're fine, you can compete in the market, you can sell your product, whatever it is. Whereas now they are going to have to, for the first time, demonstrate that they've considered what the outcome of their products are for consumers using data, using evidence, and at a very senior level, being able to explain this to the FCA. And in theory, that sounds great. And I think if it does work, it's going to really help fix a lot of the issues that we see within financial markets in the UK. But that is quite a bit of an effort for financial firms to actually maybe change when they're so used to a different form of regulation. Now, like Sam's already said, the FCA has done a lot of work with firms already, making sure they're getting up to scratch, really explaining what the FCA is expecting of them, what good and bad practice looks like, and explaining what a good consumer outcome is. This is all very well and good, and hopefully the firms have listened already and they've made those changes. And I imagine those bigger firms probably already have, and there is just going to be a bit of a question, maybe what happens with some of those smaller firms, or to be fair, the bigger firms might actually have issues as well. Like, it's not clear. This is why we believe at which that the FCA needs to provide very strong leadership from the start to help manage the shift. So they've already done this. They've come out quite strong already and they've made it very kind of like clear to kind of um, the markets what they're expecting. And hopefully in the coming weeks, the FCA will continue demonstrating this leadership. For instance, they've already acted on the saving rates, like Sam has said, and we've already seen a bit of a move in that market that's hopefully kind of like getting this shift on the way. And we're hoping that this is really going to drive some real positive changes across different parts of industry. 
And we're making sure within our advocacy work at which that we're incorporating the new consumer duty into our campaigning calls and our policy calls so that we can help the FCA highlight good and bad practice so that they know kind of maybe areas that they want to focus on. They can find good players. We can celebrate people who are doing it really well and that we can kind of call out people who are not doing their job. But ultimately, how well the duty performs is very much down to the FCA and the next coming probably months and how well they manage this transit and this cultural shift that they're hoping firms take and do. A huge thank you to Sam and Ed for coming on the show today and to you for listening to this week's episode of the Witch Money podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please do hit subscribe to make sure you catch our new episodes as soon as they drop. For more money news and advice, find us on social media at Witch Money and online at witch.co.uk forward slash money. And we also have a free money newsletter, which is delivered to your inbox every Monday. To sign up, visit witch.co.uk forward slash money newsletter. This episode of the Witch Money podcast was written by me, Lucia Ariano, produced by myself and Rob Lilly, and edited by Eric Breer, with additional support from Grace Witherden and Matthew Jenkin. What is happening to supermarket prices? Do own label brands taste good? What's the best supermarket? What's the worst? How do I spend less on my weekly shop? Are there ways I can shop smarter? Should I just be growing my own veg? How do I even grow veg? <sighs> Wine to pair with spag ball? When life gives you questions, get answers at witch.co.uk.